you know? Okay. Professionals. <laughs> We're just amateurs having fun. So what's new with your life? Um, uh, let's see. So... Okay, how are we doing, folks? We're so bad at starting this. <laughs> I know. How are we doing, folks? <laughs> um, so, today we are in Amanda's apartment in, um, yes. in Maine. Yes. Where we, I feel like we're like a traveling road show <laughs> with all the places we go to. Mm. So, we were at my dad's house, my apartment, now we're at Amanda's apartment. So we have to rush through this this week because we're not really rushing. Not really, but we have plenty of time. Like, but we have a schedule to maintain. Yeah, we have to um, make an appointment that she has to find her wedding dress. Let's go. Really I excited. haven't pooped in three days. What? So <laughs> that's yeah. That's such an out of the blue statement. Well, because I'm so I'm feeling really bloated because of it. Oh, I my see. schedule okay. has been so off and. That's weird. You're usually very regular. I'm... No. Really? I mean, I am, but I'm so, like, it's so particular. Like, I have to get into a routine moving around. Like, if if I'm changing my schedule up, like, my daily schedule, it's so hard to get myself to go to the bathroom, to go poop. Really? Yeah. All I'm saying to make this relevant is that... I feel really bloated, so this will be great. <laughs> so this will be perfect. I have a lot of food in me from so days. So if you, but if you, Joel's getting ready to leave right now, so that's our sound of our friends in the background. Don't believe me in a minute. <laughs> Amanda doesn't have a door on her her bedroom, so there's no way to block out the sound. Yeah, sorry. Um. I don't even... Oh, so if you pick out a dress today, are they, like, gonna measure you, though? Yeah, that's why I'm stressed out. Like, it takes six months to get it in, and then I have to get it fitted. Yeah. So maybe if they measure... They'll, they'll like, know what size to get me this time. Yeah. It'll come in, but then what if they, they it comes in, and then I'm, like, one a size different in six months, because... I don't think you'll be a whole size different, because you haven't pooped in three days. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not even talking about pooping anymore. I'm talking about... Uh, like, just in general, like... Like, in the summer, I'm so much more active. Yeah. And so... Bye! Bye! Bye. So just cut that entire part out. <laughs> yeah. Where do we leave off? Pooping. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I think that I'm gonna lose. To I maybe. I think it'll. I think. Yeah. <gasps> I'm bleeding. <laughs> and Audrey spilled wine all over herself <laughs> and my mattress. <sighs> I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. But you're gonna have friends. Stop singing! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, now we are going to do this. And I think it's good where it is. Because it's, like, really big. Okay, let's see. What happened since last time? When, when was the last time we recorded? That was your My engagement, engagement party. party. So, what, last weekend? Two weekends ago? 
Yeah, two weekends ago. Two weekends ago. I saw um, the movie Uncut Gems last weekend. Oh. The one with Adam Sandler. I heard about that, but I don't know really what it was. Oh my god, it was like... So Angela and I... It's like his first big serious role. Yeah, Angela and I went to see it, knowing it was a crime movie, and it was only, like, the only thing that we hadn't seen that looked okay in the movies that we both would be okay with, Mm -hmm. Um, and I heard really good things about it, and it had a really good Rotten Tomato score, but it was the worst movie I've ever seen. In what way? not like, it wasn't like a bad movie... It was just the most unenjoyable movie I've ever seen. Like, it was really, ne- like, it was very depressing. It was, it wasn't depressing, it was just stressful to watch. Oh. Like, and not in, like, a fun way. It wasn't like, ooh, what's gonna happen next? It's like, oh my god, like, there's just, like, such a downward, downward spiral of this whole movie. And Jeez. it's just, and there was no real point to it. <laughs> there was no real, like... Now I'm really intrigued. I, yeah, I really didn't like it. Hmm. I didn't, it was a good, I can see how people would think it's a good movie, because I think the best part about it was that there was really genuine acting, Mm -hmm. like the acting was really good, that it just seemed like, like you're watching someone's life, and I think like that's another reason that it was Mm. so stressful, because you you felt like you're in, I don't know, I was really stressed out. Interesting. That's the biggest thing that's happened to me the last two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week. Oh, nice. And... I feel like I won't give away the ending, but I thought I knew how it was going to end, and it totally didn't. Okay, you just gave away the ending. <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, spoiler alert. Skip forward 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this, but here it is. Joel made a really great point. That was Tarantino has this tendency to create his movies as, like, therapeutic. Um, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense with the movie. Yeah, yeah. he's, like, finding... He's, How to cope with it. Yeah, he's, like, using his art as a coping mechanism yeah. with for, like, really terrible events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is still a spoiler alert if you guys are still listening. I kept being, like, throughout the whole Yeah, it's like, thing. oh, this is gonna end so bad. Yeah, I'm like, bad. Joel, this is, like, Sharon Tate. Like, she gets killed, like, through these people. And then they introduce Tex. And, like, Tex yes. is one of the guys yep. that kills yeah. her. And um, I kept telling yep. Joel, like, this is what's gonna happen. Yep. Oh, my God, this is gonna happen. Yep. We just did an episode about this. Yeah. And then completely threw yeah. me off. That's why I didn't say anything last time, because I wanted, because if you weren't, hadn't seen it, like, it's really, really fun to watch. Yeah. Actually, it's also very stressful to watch, but, like, when you're in yeah. the movie, and so, anyway. Yeah. Um, it was also just, like, it was really funny It was movie. a really good, funny movie. Yeah. And, like, and, and the characters are really likable. Yes. No, yeah. A good, it's a really good movie, and Brad Pitt's really funny in it. Brad Pitt's very funny in um, it. And I think it's a good contender for the Oscars. That's the other thing, the Oscar yeah. nominations are out now. Our family every year, we're really into the movies, if you have, guys haven't figured this out yet. But we have a huge party at my dad's house for um, the Oscars, and, like, a bunch of people come and yeah. make food, and we the all, Fisher like... The Cats aren't making it this year. Oh, no. Well, they have work in the morning. It's a Sunday. I'm taking the next day off. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because I wanted to go. We do... It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, we should get going, yeah. because we need to get going. So, uh, let's get to... Let's get to it. Let's jump into it. Let's, okay. Let's start this. This is Amanda, and it's my episode this week. And um, because January is National Human Trafficking Awareness Month, I decided to pull four short stories of survivors of human trafficking of different genres to talk about. And I had talked to Audrey about this yesterday, but it's just human trafficking is is so scary and so real and so um, prolific that 
I was like, there can't, it's just going to be hard to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> because it's, it's really terrifying. Yeah. But we'll try and keep it as lighthearted as possible. But a lot of this is really, I think, really important information. And it is the it is the National Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And I don't know much about it, so I'm gonna I'm excited to learn about it. Mm. Well, I have this statistic that I don't know where the source is from that I've heard tossed around a lot, and I'm just gonna say it out loud now. But I do have a lot of sourced information further. Um, so I don't know where this source came from, but I have heard in multiple places in multiple contexts that contexts that currently there is more enslaved people in the on the planet than there ever has been in the past isn't that crazy like even during like slavery actually insane because everyone's like oh i would never want to be alive during like the 1800s and Mm -hmm. slavery was a thing Mm -hmm. but you don't think about the fact that like it still is a thing it's still a thing it's so so prolific and it's there's multiple types so a lot of people just immediately think sex trafficking Mm mm-hmm um, and sex slavery is, like, very much a huge um, moneymaker in the, like, human trafficking industry. Yeah. Um, and it's not all women. It's it's women and men. It's both. It's uh, We'll get into the statistics of which uh, sexes are being traded. But there's also labor. So uh, labor trafficking. So people that are being forced into labor. There is organ trafficking where they will trick people or force people or kill people and then use their bodies for organ donations. Um, what? Yeah, organ don- A lot of the... We'll get into that. We have a story about that. But a lot of the times it's, like, prisoners in a lot of different different countries. I don't know of them. I don't think it's being done in the United States at the moment, but there is trafficking. Like, the United States is bringing the organs to them. You know so what I'm saying? So, let me get this straight. There are... They're killing people to donate their organs to save other people who are paying for it. Yes, because the people who are dying that need the organs to save them mm-hmm. will pay ridiculous mm-hmm. sums of money, and we'll get into that a little bit more okay. after, but we'll, we'll jump back into that. Okay, interesting. So, organ trafficking, labor trafficking, sex trafficking, and I have a list. Uh, oh, and marriage. Like, forced mm-hmm. marriage. Yep. Um, so those are, like, four main categories. There's other types, any forced... Well, here we go. The Modern Slavery Fact Sheet, um, which is by Anti-Slavery International, defines human trafficking as anything that involves transporting someone into a situation of exploitation. Okay. So, that's, like, a good definition. Yeah, that makes sense. I should have just looked at my notes and I would have found that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so here's some other basic statistics. According to Project Meridian Foundation, Mm -hmm. there are 1.6 million children under the age of 18 in the United States alone that have been caught up in sex trafficking. Oh, my God. Sex trafficking. So not even labor or the other organizations. Like, sex trafficking, 1.6 million children under 18. That's a lot of people. Yeah. And then the International Labor Organization estimates that there are about 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally right now. So, okay, currently. So, are you saying, though, for the 1.6 million children, is that, like, historically that's been the number? Or is that, like, currently? Um, So, I think 1.6 means that, like, currently in the United States, 1.6 million children under 18 have been involved, but maybe aren't anymore. Oh my god. Wait, so, that's insane. Yes. So some of them are and some of them have I wonder been. how many children there are that are under 18 versus, like... Isn't there only, like, 300 million people in the United States? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a lot of people, no well, matter what. Just, so, so there's 1.6 million children that are in sex trafficking in the U.S., mm-hmm. 40.3 million victims of human trafficking globally, currently. Not, like... That's... Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. 
about 0.04% of survivors are identified, which makes a lot of these statistics, like, very difficult to yeah. create. So these are very, like, it's very educated guess, I guess is okay, what it I is. See. It's a very educated guess. So when they say 0.04% are identified, that means that they know their names and, like, what happened to them, right? Correct. Okay. And, like, they maybe, they've, like, maybe escaped and gone to legal Okay. Counsel. So otherwise they would escape and just not report it? They, yeah, a lot of the times they either, or non- they'll, or they'll or die, they don't, maybe they'll stay in the shadows because, like, they don't have the means of, like, getting legal representation mm-hmm. or they don't have the means of, yeah, I don't know, for whatever, there's so many reasons and there's so many reasons, like, even just, um, rape victims are often, they don't try to press charges. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of shame involved. Yep. Okay. And so a lot of fear. Yeah, that's true. Um, and in total, the industry brings in about $150 billion a year for those who are doing the trafficking. Oh, my God. So $150 billion a year industry. Oh, my God. That's yeah. Like- <laughs> it's ridiculous. And um, $99, $99 billion of that is sex trafficking specifically. So it is a majority sex trafficking, mm-hmm. but that still leaves, like, $51 billion for all other exploitations. I will say my only uh, real, like, my only glance into, like, the sex trafficking world is that we all, like, everyone that's in the hotel business, since I work at Marriott, has to take sex trafficking, um, like, identification training. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so wow. everyone who works at Marriott has taken this training, and, like, we know how to identify something that looks suspicious and mm-hmm. looks, like, it could be human trafficking because so many people bring their tra- their uh, victims That's to hotel rooms. Such a good point. That's a them. really bougie freaking hotel. Well, I mean, they pay the big bucks. It's like they bring them to the room so their their client can, can go. meet them there, and it's like not so suspicious. they're paying the money for the room and mm. to have sex with those people, these children. Wow. We have posters up in like the back of the hotel, like the back side of the hotel. To say, like, the signs of human trafficking. Hmm. And what are the signs? Um, so it's, like, if someone's bringing a child in and the child's not making eye contact or not allowed to speak or maybe looks scared or if they're paying in cash, they mm. don't give their name, mm. they don't have identification, mm. all those kind of things. And if you see them leaving the kid alone or, like, like they or not, the not alone, just won't leave the kid alone. Sorry, opposite of that. Mm. They won't leave the the child side mm. and will like be closer to them they go up and then you see the guy coming back without, without the child. kid mm-hmm. so it's like if you suspect someone you keep an eye on them and mm-hmm. then you like note the num- the room and if you see them leaving without the kid mm. that's when you can send someone up to go check the room gotcha gotcha yeah so it's happened a lot in hotel rooms that's so scary have you have there been like recorded instances of like this process catching people um yes I don't know about at my hotel, but at other hotels in Marriott, they have. That's wild. Yeah. So the average cost of a person today, um, this is according to freetheslaves.net, is $90 to buy a person. Wait, not even for like, just like buy a person? I don't really know how the specifics go, but yeah, like it might be 90 bucks to... Um, like buy for one night? Maybe that's what it is. Or it's just like... Or to buy. If you're like... Tra- if like traffickers are like trading children between yeah, them... That's to true. like bring in a kid who will bring in a lot more money, it's 90 bucks. That's so cheap. I know. But that's also <laughs> a global average. I think okay. it's more expensive in the US. Yeah. So um, I'm going to tell you four stories of survivors of human trafficking um, because 
it is crazy how prolific it is. And it's not like somewhere else. Like it's here in the United States. It's in your country, no matter what country you're in. I don't know, maybe not Iceland. (laughs) They are, I don't know, maybe they do have it in Iceland. But it's, it's everywhere. Okay. So the first story is that of Michelle. This Mm -hmm. is, this is not her real name. This is to protect her identity. We won't be using her real name. Um, When she was 19, this is a quote from a Milwaukee news source, because this takes place in Milwaukee. When she was 19, she was walking to a bus stop from a friend's house on the near west side, and a stranger drove up to her and offered her a ride. At that time, she says she was very depressed because of a recent breakup, and because of that, she was very impulsive. Okay. As we'll see moving forward, like, a lot of these people are very mm-hmm. vulnerable people who are targeted. Um, mm-hmm. um, she had a recent breakup, and she was impulsive, so she's walking to a bus stop. The guy pulls up and offers her a ride. She thinks, yeah, this is great. Oh, God. Um, I don't have to take the bus. And the two of them drove off, launched into a great conversation. She said that there was, like, this immediate comfort with this guy. He was really kind to her. And she's, like, you know, after a breakup and you're young, she's, like, 19, she's looking to have affection and love. Mm-hmm, exactly. And she said she didn't really find that in other places in her life. So when this man was offering this to her, that it was really great, and they, like, hit it off. He drove her to the where she needed to go, and he dropped her off. Oh, okay. And they, like, ended up connecting more and more and built a little relationship together. I see. Sneaky. Mm-hmm. So she feels like she's made this great new friend, and not long after that, they are meeting up regularly. He took her to meet who he referred to as his wife-in-laws. Wife-in-law? <laughs> doesn't really make any sense. That doesn't make any sense <laughs> Yeah, at all. that's how they referred to, but okay. literally makes no sense. And then soon after that, he invites her to move in with him and this these women. She's like, wow, I, I'm unloved, but this, this group of people is, like, offering me, like, a place to live and a family and they love me, blah, blah, blah. So she moves in with them. And um, according to this interview with the Milwaukee News Source, which is WUWM, which is just so difficult of an acronym to say. WUWM. So I'm just going to say the Milwaukee News Source, but it's WUWM. Okay. Like radio. It was a radio interview. Oh, that makes sense. So she's telling them, like, he promised me love and affection mm-hmm. and comfort, but that he told her all she had to do for all of these things was to remain loyal to him. Okay. So it sounds like a normal relationship. Except for, like, that's kind of weird for someone to be like, I'll keep giving you love as long as you're loyal to me. And I guess if you say it out loud. If you say that out like, loud. I mean, it's implied that yeah. in a relationship yeah. you're going to be kind to the other person. But to tell them, like, point yeah. blank, you have to be loyal to me, gets a little fishy. That is weird. So she's like, yeah, seems normal, even though I think it's a little aggressive. Um, but after only a few days, she was told that in order for, like, this life together to happen, they need to make money and in order to make money, she's going to start having sex for money. That's where I'd be like, hmm, red flag. Yeah. Red flag in this relationship. Yeah. And all the other women were like, yeah, like, this is just what we have to do, but we get to have this life. I can see, honestly, it sounds bad, but I can see how that process could happen. How, like, that thought process could happen. Yeah. With that circumstance. And you're so desperate to, like, yeah. be with these people. They've built a strong like, bond. relationships with them. So she had sex for the first time with the person for money. Which she earned two hundred dollars for, okay. but what she learned after that was that the money doesn't go to her. So she collects the money and brings it to the trafficker, and the trafficker gets all of the money. Mm-hmm. So she's upset, but she's she's told and reassured that it's okay. It's this is the way it works. He's going to provide for us, so he gets the money. So she's eventually taken to Nevada, 
where she's traded from like to work for a different trafficker. So uh-huh. the first guy that picks her up that she's built this bond with, now she's like kind of realizing I'm in like a stiff. This is not right. Like yeah. I'm, you know, you, I'm, at a certain point you're gonna realize like you are not yeah. in a good relationship, no matter what you're being told. Mm-hmm. And so he trades her to another trafficker who's much more violent. And she said that he would give her gifts occasionally, but he was incredibly violent to the point where, quote, I can remember one beating that was so bad. I don't know if you've seen anybody's eyes bleed, but my eyes, both of them, literally bled. Her eyes bled? Mm-hmm. And she said that despite what? her injuries, they were still, like, putting her out to, like, have sex with people. And she's like, I thought people would be concerned. They, yeah. I would assume they'd be like, this isn't right. Why are yeah. you, why are your eyes so swollen and bloody? But they just had sex with her anyways. And I'm assuming the people who happen. pay to have sex with, I guess she's not a minor, but I'm assuming they would do that too, wouldn't be concerned about the condition that they're in, necessarily. Enough to pr- report it or help her. Because right, well, because like, if they're going to report it, they, they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. And so, eventually she's like, this man is going to kill me if I keep doing this. He's beating me so badly. So, one day she fights back. And after she fought her way out of a car that he, where he was, like, transporting mm-hmm. her to a hotel. Um, hotel. A, she got out, ran to a different hotel that was nearby, uh-huh. and told the security guard that she needed help. Um, and at that point, she was able to get back with her family and fly to Milwaukee. Wow. So, so she just got out. She just ran. I mean, once they run, like... That's true. They're not going to, like, this couldn't cause a scene. Yeah, gonna, exactly. Might as well just let them go. Yeah. So... She had been gone for five years, mm-hmm. and in the years following her return, she was faced with charges of prostitution, which eventually Wait. took her years to get revoked. What? Yeah. She was charged with prostitution? Mm-hmm. And as far as she knows, her traffickers never were charged with anything. What the hell? I know. Isn't Wait, that crazy? What? That's, that makes she me really, faced really mad. charges of prostitution, and, he, and so her traffickers- So she escaped this tra- sex trafficking ring. Yeah. And they charged her for prostitution and didn't even go after the people that were... Yeah, I mean, she probably didn't know their real names or anything about them. Or where they were. Like, you're oh kept in the dark about a lot of God. stuff. So it's, it's, like, even if someone escapes, they're not going to find them. Because I was thinking, like, oh, she's built a relationship with this guy. She'd probably be able to, like, find him. But I no. guess that wouldn't make sense. And they're moving the around so often. Yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't being truthful. No, exactly. Everything, so. So, that's... Oh my God, that makes me so mad. Yeah, that's that the story still... of Michelle. She eventually got all the charges revoked, but it cost her, like, a lot of money and lawyers and things like oh that. My, oh my God, that just makes me so mad. So it's important to remember that girls as well as boys are being traded and mm-hmm. are victims of human trafficking. Right. Over 100,000 kids are sold into slavery each year in the United States. So there was like that 1.6 million that have been in touch with it, mm-hmm. but each year 100,000 100, people. 100,000 people per year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. I know. And 36% are boys. So okay. pretty large so like percentage. 36,000 36, people, boys. Yeah, 36,000 boys. I never knew it was that large of a number. I know. And that's just the U.S. So that brings us to our next story, which is that of Jerome Elam. I think I'm saying his last name right. Elam. It's either Elam or Elam. His story takes place in Tampa Bay, Florida, which, according to a 2019 article by Sarah Rosario, is the worst in the country for human trafficking. Okay. Jeez. Yeah. Jerome's mother was only 17 at the time, and she was an alcoholic and a victim of abuse herself, so she was very troubled. And when a man came into their lives who seemed to be kind, he was bringing them gifts and taking them on trips, and they were like, this is a good person, like, this is great. 
Um, we need this in our life. We had hoped, like, for a, a good man like this. But only six months into this relationship with his mother, the man began molesting Jerome. God. So, okay. So, she's 17, he's five. Yeah. Oh, jeez. She's 17, he's five. I don't know how old this guy is. Okay. He starts molesting Jerome. So, they're both minors. The mom they're both and the mo- son. Yeah, they're both minors. minors. Yeah. She okay. had him when he was I'm assuming the 12. man's over 18. I'm gonna assume that, yeah. Okay. The man said that if Jerome told anyone that he would beat his, that would, it would mean his mother's death. That's what I was thinking, like, I feel like they have to hold something over their head. They do, yeah. Ugh, that's so sad. So, yeah, he said that he would kill his mother if okay. he told them, if they'd said anything. But soon, the man began selling Jerome to other people for sex, and sometimes with other kids in the room. Like, it'd be multiple kids with mm-hmm. people. And Jerome said that, in, in Rosario's article, he said, quote, when you would cry, they would beat you so severely, sometimes unconscious, that you just learn to turn it off. Jeez, he's five years old. He's five years old, yeah. That's literally our little brother's five. I know. Oh, my it's God. It's so sad. Ugh. Seven years later, at the age of 12, so he's this has been going on for seven years. Oh, jeez. Jerome tried to kill himself <gasps> at age 12 <sighs> with a bottle of vodka and sleeping pills. Oh, my God. The but, fact that he even knows to do that. Yeah. Oh but his God. mother found him and took him back to the hospital where he told her everything. Um, okay, so at this point, the mother never knew that this was going on. I, she had to suspect something, but she yeah, also but she's was in probably... she relationship, yeah, so... She was it's definitely hard. also in a bad position. And she's also just so young. Yeah. Um, and he, that's how he got out, is after he told her everything, and, and the st- visits from all these people stopped. So to get out of trafficking, he literally had to try to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And that's where... And then the hospital That's where he had it. the courage to do it. Yeah. Because, like, if he killed himself, his mother would probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to go on. Yeah. Oh, you my can... God. People are so selfish that they, just to pleasure themselves, they'll, yeah. like, torture a little boy. Yeah. It's so sick. And there's so many people that are doing that that it's making $150 billion. Yeah. So, oh, my God. Okay. Okay. Jeez. Story number three. A little All less right. creepy. It's still kind of creepy. This is a story of Levy Isaac... Isaac Rosenbaum... Um, back in 2009, Rosenbaum was well known as the, quote, matchmaker, and I'm pretty sure that was, like, a self-proclaimed <laughs> title. I think he called himself that. Oh, um, but he, it was because of his decade-long operation of buying and selling kidneys on the black market. Okay, here we go. So, he could buy a kidney from a country like Israel for $10,000 and then sell it to desperate people in the U.S. for $160,000. Okay. So, he's making, like, $150,000 yep. off of these transactions. Although, in the process, it takes a lot of money. Just as, like, an example of why so many people are... In 2008, 4,540 people died in the U.S. Mm -hmm. while waiting for their kidney donation. Based on my Grey's Anatomy knowledge, it's really hard to find a matching uh, for any organ. I feel Mm -hmm. like. Especially, like, hearts. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like, people wait... In kidneys, people have really bad kidney disease, and, like, Mm -hmm. they'll wait years and years mm-hmm. until they're like close to de- and like they only prioritize people that are close to death yeah right yeah i'm assuming mm-hmm. so people are really desperate and that's where organ trafficking starts and it's it's taken the organ comes from a country of like more like poverty stricken countries or more mm-hmm. um because why would you buy more expensive to sell the least exactly expensive? exactly yeah you're gonna get it where you can get it cheap yeah and there has been recorded instances of buying and selling of prisoners in, I don't remember which country it was, it was a country in Asia, I think, um, where they were killing prisoners and selling their organs 
for... So who's... So the, the people who own the prison are killing them? Mm-hmm. And selling their How organs. How do they get away with that? Because it's like... I, fr- I don't want to say it was China. I want to... Let me see. Okay. Yeah, it was Chinese. And that's recent. Um... It was... It is all from 2019. Yeah. They're un- they had recently uncovered that they were, like, killing a lot of prisoners. But this is back in 2014. Also, China is a really large population. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I, I mean, I don't know anything about China, Chinese government, but I feel like the prisons aren't as regulated, maybe? No, yeah, it's not. And it's a demo- it's, um, it's not a democracy. It's a dictatorship. So yeah. it's, like, a lot easier to... Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so... It's, like, a thing that in, like, other countries they'll kill prisoners. But also people will be, um, like, forced into it in similar ways as labor and things like that. Maybe promised a large amount of money for their kidneys and then not given that. Okay. Things like that. But they don't have to, like, they don't necessarily have to kill someone. They got a kidney. Well, if you're taking one kidney, You might as well no. take both of them. Oh. <laughs> so, like, if you're taking oh, one, you might if you're well taking one, both. you don't have to kill the person. Yeah. If you're taking both, yeah, your body's going to die of, like, toxic shock. (laughs) I mean, not saying it's better to take one from someone, but, like, I wish they would At least you could just keep living. But it's still then, yeah, it's, like, a person has to be tricked into, like, donating their kidney. Yeah. Because you'd have to go to the... You have to get the person, fly them to the U.S., bring them into the hospital where they will, like, ask you questions and, like, get the organ from you. It's not like you can harvest it in Israel and then bring it all the way to the United States. So they have to be, like... I'm here to donate my kidney to my cousin because I love them and blah, 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 blah. The hospitals will try to make it clear. They won't accept a kidney from someone who's being coerced or, like, being offered money for it. Uh-huh. Because then it's, like, you can't bribe people to give organs So away. they literally have to, like, spend time with them to tell them certain phrases that they have to say so the hospitals won't know. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Jeez. So, in 2008, or sorry, in 2009, Rosenbaum was called the matchmaker... He was finally busted after his decade-long operation when an FBI agent and a government informant posed as clients looking for kidneys for their sick uncle. And according to NBC News, quote, Rosenbaum was arrested in a sweeping federal case that began as an investigation into money laundering and trafficking in kidneys and fake designer bags. And then it mushroomed into a political corruption probe, accumulating in arrests of 44 people, including three New Jersey mayors, Whoa. various other officials, and five rabbis. Oh, God. And then it says the, politi- the, the politicians rabbis. and rabbis were not accused of involvement in the organ in the organ trafficking. So they were arrested, but not involved in it. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really get what that's talking they about, definitely but paid sure. Off. So according to the National Kidney Foundation's Board of Directors, similar trafficking is going on elsewhere around the world, um, and an estimated 10% of kidney transplants, which is about 5,000 to 6,000 a year, are done illegally. Wow. Yeah. 10% of... Wow. And yeah. I've never even heard of this happening. Yeah. And hotspots are Pakistan, the Philippines, and China, where it's believed that they're obtained from executed prisoners. So, like, oh, okay. in those situations, yeah. they're, like, being... Like, a kidney is, like, being taken... Like, an organ is being taken out of a dead body that they okay. killed and sent somewhere. Okay. Are they already, ex- already like, on death row, executed, and then they take it? Or I don't are know. They just- I don't think so. Because in that case... I wouldn't think it's as bad. <laughs> I do not think that's the case. <laughs> okay. Because I'm like, if they're already dead, and they're going to be dead no matter what, you might as well be an organ donor. But I'm yeah. sure that's... <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Okay. All right. Let's move on to story four, okay. because we have really to quickly. wrap this up. Yep. This is a short little ditty. It's about uh, forced labor trafficking. Okay. This is a story of Flor Molina. Okay. 
and Floor's story takes place in 2001. She took up sewing classes in hopes of starting her own business to support her three children. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say which country she was in. I think probably out of her own, like, protection. Yeah. Um, so she didn't know this, but her sewing teacher had been approached by a trafficker because of their connection to women who knew how to sew and that were likely desperate for work. Oh. Um, and so her teacher told her about opportunities of working in the U.S., and because there were no opportunities in her town, she agreed, even though it meant that she'd have to leave her children, her three kids, and home behind, but she'd be able to send money back mm-hmm. to them. Okay. So she was flown out to L.A., but then when she got off the plane there, she realized what had actually happened. Her trafficker told her that she was owed $3,000. So she owed the trafficker $3,000. Right, exactly. Okay. So she had to pay for her flight. Exactly. Okay. Oh, jeez. Um, and that the only way she could pay that off, because she didn't have any money, she was like, you can pay it off by working for me. And she was like, okay, so, like, the first $3,000 you earn is going to go to me. But then she was brought to this factory and was forced to make dresses for 18 hours a day. She was forced to sleep there in in this factory with another victim on one mattress in a storage closet. She was given one meal a day. Oh, my God. She had to clean the factory after other employees left. So, basically, like, there's actual employees. Then the employees leave and, like, all the people that are that are was trafficked this, are oh. stuck there and this have to clean. This is 2001. Yeah. Okay. And they have to clean the the factory and then, like, they get only one meal a day and they're not allowed to talk to any of the other employees because they're not allowed to let them know, like, what their situation is. Oh my God. They're not allowed to leave the factory. They're yeah. not allowed to do anything. But she kept begging and begging her trafficker to let her go to church. And eventually, after 40 days of being stuck in the uh, factory, her trafficker let her go to church. And then when she was outside, she ran and found a payphone because one of her co-workers noticed that, like, something was clearly not right. And so they, like, her co-worker had slipped her their phone number. Oh, smart. Yeah. And so she ran to this payphone, which she didn't know how to operate, so she had to find someone who spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. And... So she's probably from a South American country. Or I guess she could be from Spain. She might be from South America. Okay. She might be from South America. Um, she had to find someone that spoke Spanish in like on the street that could help her use the payphone. And then she called her coworker and said to, to meet her somewhere. Um, and then the FBI showed up and oh, like nice. ended up that they were also investigating this person. So that actually ended well in that they got to find this person. But yeah, now she's like an advocate. And That's there's good. so many people who are forced into slavery. So these are four stories of, I mean, none of them are good, but at least all of them ended. All of them at least ended well. with them getting out of it. Like, yeah, getting out. Like, yeah, survivors. Surviving. Stories. I mean, except for the third one, which I don't really know what happened with that one. But yeah, it's kind of um, at least all of them survived it. But I know many people don't survive yeah. it. Yeah. So just as an another piece of information, if you or someone you know is experiencing any kind of um, sexual abuse, you can call the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network, which is RAIN, R-A-I-N-N. Their 24-hour hotline is 1-800-656-4673. And there's a lot of other hotlines out there for people who need someone to talk to or need a resource or need help in any way. Um, But yeah, that was a really unpleasant one. Yeah. So um, (laughs) to lighten the mood a bit, we're going to offer a giggle. I did a podcast giggle last time. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I'll also offer a podcast giggle, but kind of more broad. Okay. Not a specific episode, but I really love the podcast, How Did that? How did This Get Made? Oh. Which is really funny. We should listen to it on the okay. way to this place. But it's like, they watch really bad movies, and then they, like, talk about it. Mm-hmm. So I watched one that, or I listened to one that was about Ernest Goes to Jail. Yeah, And it was so funny. <laughs> and, love that. But, I mean, movie. you should choose, like, any movie that you've also seen and know, because mm-hmm. a lot of them are very obscure, but some of them are really 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 funny 
great podcast to listen to if you love watching bad movies. But yeah, so if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at oeopod. Nope. Uh, One I open podcast podcast on Instagram. oeopod at gmail.com is our email. If you want to send us any of your stories, ask us any questions, etc. If you send us um, like a topic you want us to talk about in the beginning of the episode, we're always looking for things to that you guys. We kind of just talk about ourselves, but if you guys want to know anything about us, mm. we're happy to. We're very open people. We're mm. happy to talk about anything. So, and questions, yeah, so. yeah, send us questions. And, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's when I open pod. pod. And then Facebook is when I open podcast. Just search us. We'll be there. And please, please, please go rate and review if you enjoyed this episode. But I think that's it. Do it. it. Bring us back up to a five star. Yeah, bring us back up. We got our first one star rating and we feel on top of the world. Actually, yeah, we were kind of proud about it. Yeah, yeah. we made it. We we felt like (laughs) we we made it. But Um, yeah, we're going to go find a man's wedding dress. So wish us luck. It doesn't work.